0: And something good is coming your way Hello, this is Scotty Madison, and welcome to It's Not the Duck. In chapter 16 of my book, It's Not the Duck, it's the walk and the talk, I'll talk about how it can always be worse. You could be in the lunchbox league. I know it doesn't appear that way at times, but often it's hard to imagine when life seems dreadful, truly, it can always be worse. There will be seasons of your life when hope feels like nothing more than a four-letter word. It's now when you need to stop the self-pity and take an outward and sincere look at the lives of others. You will soon find someone near you whose circumstances are far worse. Everyone has a story, and when you take the time to listen to his or her story, you often find your problems really aren't that big. When you're dealing with a rebellious child, look around, and you'll find someone who has lost his or her child. When you're suffering financial hardships, take a trip to the local mission and serve the homeless. When you're bedridden, With back problems, you don't have to look far, and you find a veteran in a wheelchair with no legs. There's always someone out there who would love to have your problems on your very worst days. I'm certainly not negating your problem. I'm just trying to put your life into perspective. One fall, we were playing the Florida Instructional League. Even when you're chasing your dream of being a Major League Baseball player, it can become a grind. And we probably had about 20 days in a row of practice and baseball games. Here we are on a bus, kind of feeling sorry for ourselves, and it's deathly quiet. And our pitching coach, Jim Schellenbach, says, hey guys, see those guys over there? That construction crew out there. Those guys would much rather be on this bus, chasing the dream of becoming a major league baseball player, but they're in what's called the lunchbox league. And you guys are in the minor leagues, chasing the dream of being in the major leagues. You never want to be in the Lunchbox League because it's in the Lunchbox League you quit dreaming. Wow, how profound. The Lunchbox League became our mantra for a time when you were ready to quit playing baseball and head home to an ordinary life. But even in an ordinary life, you must keep dreaming. I want to share with you a recent story that happened to me. I wasn't a great player, but I still get 10, 12, maybe 15 letters a month from folks asking for my autograph. They'll include a letter, along with a baseball card or two, and ask that I sign them and send them back. One particular letter I received was on December 7th in 2022. It reads, Dear Mr. Madison, I hope all is well. My name is Tyler, and I found one of your cards in my collection. I wanted to write you this letter to show my appreciation. I grew up playing baseball in the small town of Poplarville, Mississippi. Long story short, because I know you're a busy man and I don't want to take much of your time, I had a promising baseball career until my senior year of high school. On December twentieth, two 2008, I was involved in an accident that left me paralyzed for the rest of my life. However. In the last 14 years, I've accomplished so much. I never let my disability become a disadvantage. I live by this motto. If I cannot stand up, I will stand out. Today, we're going to have Tyler Childs as our guest. We've never met. We've never spoken before. In fact, Tyler has no idea I'm even reaching out to him today to be on the podcast. So this is going to be extremely impromptu. But Tyler inspired me so much, and I know for sure he'll inspire you. I can't wait to hear from him. Uh, I, I'm not a very famous baseball player, but I still get, I don't know, 15 to 20 uh, different letters from uh, fans across the country, and they'll ask for an autograph on a baseball card, and most of them write a little note a little letter. And uh, I happen to really pay a whole lot of attention to yours, Tyler. Anyway, uh, as it goes, uh, Tyler, I end up, uh, I read your letter that you wrote me. You asked for my autograph on a card and you talked about you were a big baseball fan. But then you shared with me the story that you played baseball in high school and you were in an ad- accident, car accident, and you became paralyzed. And you were so hopeful in your letter to me, talking about the fact that you look on life on the bright side of things the man, it just, it, it tugged on my heart. And so then I wrote you a letter and, and then we emailed each other and now I've got your phone number. So Tyler, tell me a little bit about, uh, uh, one about high school and, and what happened to you. You know, I, I want to hear that.
1: Well, I grew up in a small town, barely 2000 people, Poplarville, Mississippi. It's right on the state line of Louisiana. And, um, I started playing baseball before I was even in kindergarten. I fell in love with it. Uh, I used to stay up all night and day. Uh, my dad made this, had this big plywood board and screwed the old tire on it. I used to just throw rocks and baseballs, tennis balls, whatever, at that tire. <laughs> and, and let me tell you, a lot of those baseballs are still in the wards out there.
0: Uh, <laughs>
1: And you know, I come from uh, a family of divorced parents, which is awesome, which means two Christmases, right? But uh, the thing is, my stepdad, my mom met my stepdad, and he had two boys. Well, his oldest was the same age as me, and his youngest was the same age as my brother. And they went to uh, Bay High in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi, well, we were in the same district. So it was always fun playing each other uh, when baseball season came around. But the advantage of having, you know, three brothers, because I don't call them my stepbrothers. They're my right, right. brothers. The advantage is every other weekend when I go see my mom, we would stay out there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, nothing but sports. All from the moment we waked up to the moment. The the song went down. We were still playing football, basketball, baseball, all of that. So I was putting in a lot of work to be the best that I could be at anything. And I ended up signing my first autograph at 12 years old. <laughs> uh, because,
0: yeah, you know, yeah, listen, you, up, Tyler, you started earlier than me. I never signed an autograph at 12 years old. I don't think I was 20-something To someone asked for my autograph. And then they looked at me and go, who are you? So you, you were you were big time.
1: Uh, that, well, that's what it was. And, you know, I was never braggadocious. I was never the type to tell you how good I was. I was always humble. And, you know, right now, I'm probably the most outgoing person you'll ever meet. But whenever I played sports, you know, outwardly, I wouldn't show off or anything. But in my head, I was the cockiest player out there, man. I, in my head, I was like, no one out here is better than me. No one out here throws faster than me, runs faster than me, can hit a ball harder than me. Nobody can. And that's the mindset I had. And by the time, you know, I was signing autographs for, for grown men, you know, <laughs> twice, three times, you know, four times my age, man, and. It was very humbling to me because um,
0: you knew your, I, you 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 knew back. you're on a path to play farther than just high school baseball. Yes, yes,
1: absolutely. And by my freshman, by the time I was 15 years old, I was I had an 85 mile per hour fastball. Um, I earned a starting center field job my freshman year. Uh, you know, out 14, 15 upperclassmen for that position, and a lot of jealousy came with that. Which I love. I love being the underdog. I love being doubted, uh, because I love I love being placed in those. I love a good challenge. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. So, uh, I I earned the starting position in center field, and the moment
0: and I didn't hit
1: until y'all. So I just played the field, and ran bases. And I I stole 35 bases my freshman year. And when playoffs came around, I finally got the hit. Now, one moment, and I still have the uh, the article, the baseball article uh, in my, my pitches I, I saved. It was, um, we were playing in the playoffs. And, you know, we played seven innings in high school. Well, the bottom of the seventh, it's one out, Bases loaded, and we were playing Brookhaven. The biggest guy comes up. Hits a screaming line drive from this popcorn field at Lawrence County. I'm telling you, the whole field was probably 300 feet all the way around. All they had was this big 15-foot tall in center field. But I just tracked it down, and I remember just hopping the fence and robbing robbing them throwing it back in and turning a double play to end the game. And that was our first playoff win in 12 years. (laughs) And after after, after that, people were just screaming my name, everyone called me TC because there were five toddlers in my class. Well, (laughs) I ended up with the nickname because everyone – I had so many friends that I was given the nickname TC because – you know, Tyler child, and then it became the Cheetah
0: because yeah, the t- I had t-c. a Yeah, the TC. Yeah, that's the Cheetah. I get that. Because you can run. It you stole 35 t- bases. Yeah, you had speed.
1: And, well, one of my goals was I always wanted to run a 4 forty,
0: and my freshman
1: year I remember being I played football at my freshman year. That was the only year. And uh, I got up there and the coaches clocked me at four six, and I was like, "Dang!" And the coaches said, "Dang, what are you mad about? You're 15 years old, and you just ran a four six. There's only two players on this whole football team that could run a four or five, and they're seniors." And I was like, you know, just thinking to myself, like, oh, "Okay, but I always had I always set my goals super high, so." You know, if I didn't meet him, I would still have, you know, the the, the stats of uh, of an above-average player. So, you know, I think I solidified my future my freshman year. And, man, by the time I was 17, I was easily 94, 95. But, man, I couldn't hit the side of a barn if it was connected to the side of another barn. I mean, I had parents screaming at me uh,
0: from the (laughs) other team. You're hurting my kid. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) I remember, you know, two things are going through my mind simultaneously. Like, man, I'm not trying to throw at these kids. But on the other hand, I want to shut these people up. So what I would do, I would intentionally throw a wild pitch at the net behind us and then just stare down at the other team just let them
0: know like look you yeah, you you're in, you're in control you're in charge yeah Well, tyler uh-huh. i want to ask you 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 uh you certainly had a bright future and a great future and uh you could oh, run yeah. so tell tell us what what took your legs away and what put a a dent in those uh sports dreams that you had what 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 happened
1: or going, well, I wrote a book about it, and I'll tell you what I wrote in my book. It was my 18th birthday. I turned 18 my senior year, October 24th, um, 2008. And I'll never forget, my dad said, Son, 18 can make you or break you. And I I still hear those words to this day. Now, during senior break, um When I was 18, I didn't look 18. So I could get alcohol usually without getting carded. And during my senior break, I got a little too drunk one night with my friends and thought I could drive. And all of a sudden, it started raining down. And all I saw was a flash of light on the road. And after that, I just heard a big booming sound and everything went dark. And I woke up. I was in a coma for a month and woke up and initially I didn't know I was paralyzed. I was, there was just a ventilator in my throat. I couldn't say anything. I had to mouth my words and, um, everyone, my dad was holding my hand and, uh, he's like, Hey, and you know, trying to talk and, you know, they explained that, I'm gonna to have to mouth my words because of the ventilator in my throat. Dude, let me tell you, there's nothing more, more heartbreaking than not being able to tell like your mom and dad your Man, you love them.
0: Man, and uh, so Tyler, I, uh, for those listening, I mean, I, I can't imagine what it was like waking up and you're wondering what has happened, and, and your your ultimate fear that the worst has happened to you. Has, has probably happened to you, you know. And uh, what did you uh, – how, how did you grab your strength uh, to, you know, I know that to, – to move forward? What, what did What did you do to just keep going and want to live? Because we have so many people that listen, uh, Tyler, that things happen to them and they crawl in a hole and they don't want to keep going and they feel sorry for themselves. So I know there was a time you felt sorry for yourself. So how did you overcome that?
1: Well – Initially, you know, I spent 15 months in the hospital. I thought I was never going to come home. I spent 15 months in three different hospitals. Man. And I was down 76 pounds at one point. And at that point, um, I got transferred to a a spinal cord, uh, a hospital that specialized in spinal cord injury. Is
0: that the one in Atlanta?
1: Yes, the Shepherd Center. Boy, they're
0: fantastic, Shepherd Center.
1: Yeah. it, it's amazing. It was like boot camp. I call it boot camp for cripples. <laughs> it, was, it, was it was eight hours of physical therapy a day. And Them slave drivers. Came,
0: Holy jeez!
1: Oh, yeah. And when I came home, you know, I had all these people, um, you know, welcoming me back home and everything. And I felt so good. You know, I had the ventilator out. I was... Doing good, hanging with my friends. And all of a sudden, people stopped showing up, and I just fell into depression. And I was literally, at first, I couldn't wait to get out of the house. And then later on, I was, I, I did not want anyone to look at me. I was just afraid to leave my house. And just one day, I told myself, you can either sit here and watch your life pass you by, or you can stop taking pity upon yourself and and say that I'll be damned if I'm going to live my life miserable. And that's what I did. And from that point on, I developed a philosophy that, you know, people's opinion about me isn't going to matter because 95% of the time, I'm never going to see this person again in my life.
0: That's true. So
1: that's the way i about it. And um, I just go out, and my motto is, if I cannot stand up, trust me, I have every intention to stand out. And I'm going to prove to you, it. you may see me as someone in a wheelchair, but don't treat me like one. I'm, I'm very capable of doing things by myself, and... I I appreciate any assistance. It's always welcome, but I I don't expect to be treated with, with sympathy because first I, I take full responsibility for the consequences of my action that put me in this chair to begin with. I should never have been drinking and driving. And I, I just, they say don't harp on the past, but it wasn't for my past. I would not be set on this future course that I'm on right now. So, so that's how I That's how I pull myself out of those moments when I'm feeling sulky or, you know, just feeling tired. I just say, I just remember how bad I had the nights that I couldn't sleep and waking up every morning, just looking up at God saying, hey, is this the day you're going to take me? I've been waiting you know and I don't want to go back to that so that's why I I, I keep smiling and going on because life is too short to just stay miserable and, and you just got to wake up and, and 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 just think about how bad it could be it I I could not be here I you know there was a couple of times where the doctors would tell my mom and dad that I only had a couple hours left to live, and miraculously I would pull myself out of it. Um, you know, it's just divine intervention that got me through a lot of stuff. And I'm telling you, it's you just got to remember the lowest point of your life, your nadir, the lowest point, and remind yourself. That you're not going to go back to that spot, no matter what, and you'll do whatever it takes. Legally speaking, don't do anything crazy, right. but you know, <laughs> do do what do what you have to do to never go back to that spot. I always remember how bad it was, and that's what keeps me going. It's it's um it's perseverance. It's pure person that keeps me going.
0: Well, the fact that you make the comment, which is outstanding, I may not be able to stand up, but I'm going to stand out. Uh, that's, that's what I, uh, I think what you put in the letter to me and man, that, that impacted me in a big way. There's no doubt that anybody who listens to this, they go through points in their life when they, they do feel sorry for themselves. Um, and uh, they, they, you know, thinking, you know, oh, this is the worst I'm ever going to be. But I hear what you're saying is, trust me, it can always be worse. But even when it's worse, you know, you, you have the ability, the determination to choose the attitude in any given situation and any set of circumstances, you know, to choose your way. And and you've chosen to to move forward and uh, to be an encourager for other people. And, and, and I can't imagine how many people, uh, uh, TC or the cheetah, or Tyler Childs, you have so many A-list names. I mean, I don't have that many names, but anyway, <laughs> but uh, whatever they call you, you're you're certainly an encourager and a motivator to to so many people, and it's it's just inspiring to to hear these uh, words of hope coming from someone like yourself who who loves sports so much, and especially love baseball. And then a moment's notice, baseball's taken away from you—at least the ability to play it, not the ability to love it.
1: And that means a lot coming from yourself. You know, you say that you wasn't this big baseball player, or anything like that. But hey, you made it to the show, and most most ball players dream of that. And you actually can say, "Hey, I might I might have had a cup of coffee."
0: No, I actually had. I had two cup of coffees. I had two. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I two did. In fact, the coffee. very first day, Tyler, I was there. You know, I heard that cup of coffee story. I went in, and drank two cups of coffee the very first day, so no one could ever say I was only there for a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah,
1: and, and the thing that I love before I before I write the players, I love to to research um, their careers and everything like that, and even the guys who don't make it, they're still inspirational to me. guys who say that you know they they they're not the biggest names in baseball. They're all inspirations to me because they all played on that diamond that I played on. But I also dreamed every night of playing in front of thousands of people. And it, 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 it's guys like yourself that inspired me.
0: Well, Matt, so. that, that means a lot. And uh, and Tyler, I mean, you, I look forward to staying in touch with you, and, and I appreciate you letting me call totally – unnoticed un 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 uh, uh what's the word I'm looking for here unannounced. yeah unannounced totally unannounced you know that I, I called and you and you took my call and uh, uh we will continue to stay in touch and be friends and man it's just um, uh it, it's 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 just enlightening and encouraging like i said to have someone new come into my life uh via uh, just a little letter and a note and Asking for an autograph—that's the first time that's ever happened—and and it keeps me going on, on 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 day days that they're dark and and cold and tough. And I hope our listeners realize that you're, you're an inspiration to everybody, and 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 you've had some of the worst happen to you. But man, you're optimistic.
1: Man, that's that's awesome to hear because that's all I want to do. You know, I've been supported so much. I want to get into the. You know I want to lend my support- I want to get into the lending my support business.
0: <laughs> well, listen, you take care, God bless you, Tyler.
1: God bless you too, man. and I'll leave you with this you know don't feel too sorry for me because I get some pretty good parking spots now
0: <laughs> you do exactly you ever come to nashville i'm gonna we're gonna use your car and drive around okay that would be a That's big plus for me. It, man. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you're, you're going to be an optimistic let me tell you I come with a lot of benefits
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tyler you take care God bless you love you bye bye this episode of It's Not the Duck is brought to you by Get Carried Away We're when you're we looking we for that perfect home cooked low country meal for your family on a Sunday afternoon away. or dinner options to impress your guests look no further you know, than Get Carried Away go to Get Carried
1: Really, if I had a ladder's van for only a day, I'd make a wish, and here's what I'd say Oh, nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina eating and get carried away.